hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. So fill up your glasses and join in the smut. Rob is the talent and... Oh no, I got it wrong. I'll start again. <laughs> so fill up your glasses and join in the smut. Rob is a talent and Joe is a slut. We'll be praising Hobnall and avoiding a rut. But we can't promise much with so much cowboy butt. That was my verse, all right? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, if I was say, if I had to guess, if I had to <laughs> guess. Saying such smart things, and I'll come in with that. Uh, welcome back to a hamster with a blunt pen knife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. Rob, howdy, howdy, ma'am. Oh, sorry, howdy, sir. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> fine. How it continue? Um, so we left do the Doctor in a moment of extreme peril. In a moment of extreme toothache, yes. Almost extreme peril. Moderate peril. Moderate peril. <laughs> Moderate yeah. peril, yes. Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to just jump straight into episode two, if you're ready to do it. Oh, yeah, I was born ready. Okie dokie. Go on, count us in. Let's do it. Five, four, three, two, one. That was a bit quick for you. I caught you mid-sip. Boom. <laughs> there we go. Okay, good. Oh, thank you, Pod. <laughs> what do you think about these tiles? I love them. Um, perfect, terrifying, mysterious, <laughs> immortal. It's something that uh, something that Toby Hayden always says about the William Hartnell era is it does weird really well in in a way that a sort of a lot of later Doctor Who doesn't. Yeah, without you sounding too wanky, it's kind of before Doctor Who kind of codified itself. It, it could be it could be absolutely batshit anything the next week. And here, and here, and don't shoot the pianist. And here's a case in point. This is the one I think I have a note somewhere. Oh yeah, part two. Don't shoot the pianist. Doc Holliday's accent is fine. I wrote no cliffhanger resolution. Exclamation mark. No. Then I wrote the song is going on too long. So I think I think this is the one part of the whole thing where I think the song goes on too long. Just coming up. There's a little musical interlude about to come up. Yeah, well, then she jumps up on the bar, doesn't she? And she that was the bit. That's oh. the, yeah, that coming up. Gone back to the last chance saloon. Why must women meddle? Oh, yeah, I think the fact we're still singing is this is the, this is the one bit I find it goes on a, a little bit too long. However, if we'd actually had had a proper cliffhanger, and this episode had started with like the doctor's hat getting shot off none at the of this door. Would be now, would it? None of this, yeah, none of this would be happening now, and we'd be into the drama again. How the bloody hell did Kate get in there before the doctor? Yeah, except where the hell he? He was know, outside. Maybe there was anaesthetic, and he's walking it off. <laughs> he's just walking around in circles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although, on a side note, you know, I know, I do agree with you. Actually, I'm not even sure we should hear the song within the story. It should just be. Yeah, crazy. It should be. Yeah, it should be non-diegetic. Oh, I think yeah, the uh, the flight through entirety always might be. Take it if they're if they're anywhere out there. Uh, take a sip. Yes, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, I I agree. It should be. It should be kind of yeah. It should be non-diegetic outside the story, like a Greek chorus. The characters don't necessarily hear it, but it comments on the action and kind of brings all these grubby happenings to 
um a level of the mythological of you know because the old the whole idea of the, the the wild west it's bullshit it's you know anyway carry on i thought i'm going to contradict myself because in the same breath i really love the fact that there is space in a doctor who story for a busty babe to get up on top of a bar and sing a song so like i'm like <laughs> I, I don't but i just it's so weird it's so not doctor who but yeah. what is but yeah but you know it's it's not later doctor who but there it's, you go. It, it's not the formulaic doctor who yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but what it, at this point doctor who is it's literally it, it can be anything go anywhere do anything right, yes and the whole idea of what it is oh, yeah so and here we have the doctor entering this should have been kind of where the, you know after a bit of a bit more than mild peril this should be kind of where it should begin i think but I do, I do love the fact that he comes in so amiable, and then he realizes it's in the shit. It's just how Hartnell plays it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, he's loving it. And you got to remember, this is this is like a hair's breath away from him departing the show. Yes, and he wasn't happy at this point. Generally, was he? But maybe they I, I i don't know any facts about this but maybe they gave maybe they woke the western to sort of locate him a little because there were some blistering rows going on behind the scenes uh, at the moment in this you couldn't guess and oh here we are and, and he's just twigged who the clantons are but if he's just twigged who the clantons are then how can he not know about wyatt turp and doc holiday oh, and, the, and the gunfight the okay corral that's a that I hate, I hate to say it i think that's a bit of a plot hole oh he, do oh, he doesn't he's just not mentioning it which is weird yeah yeah but i, I kind of think you know if he knows about it and again he knows that all, all these events are heading towards this very dangerous 30 second long gunfight that's another we'll, we'll come to that in episode four but um uh yeah there should be a bit more. and here we have um doc holiday rather sinisterly listening at an elevated angle drawing his gun slowly he's totally kind of coded as the the villain at this point which is an interesting way to go i mean he wasn't he wasn't a good guy i mean the erps weren't the the good guys that history paints them as you know wyatt Earp was you know i mean he was a, a an occasional pimp you know he was he'd been on the run from the law he was you know they were in their way a bunch of thugs as well as lawmen and the rest of it um it's you know it's just you know in terms of history they won does um deadwood play all that out oh yeah deadwood is um yeah it's just a deadwood is a deadwood is basically the story of a, a town the town of deadwood and its evolution from a very primitive mining camp through to being a small town it's out outside of the union and it, and uh and eventually it becomes part of part of the united states but it's about how civilizations grow and it stars uh, ian mcshane as uh the kind of the, the kind of the warlord who runs the town really um but do those very sort of famous western historical characters do they are they Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the, the historical, the, it's it, it's based on history with a degree of artistic license because again, how can you not? It's unavoidable. Um, but then you know, but with 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 fictional characters thrown in where required for the drama. Oh, we just we just have got the doctor here. We're having people at gunpoint, and actually, the doctor takes charge of the situation here in a very undoctorish way. <laughs> 
he pulls a gun and has his his companion take all the other guys' guns away from them. And he's yeah. Just that as an image, the two of them with the guns, him and Kay. Yeah. I just think it's <clears throat> And I think what's what can be the possible excuse for us people who think we know what the doctor can and can't do for all this? In, in, it's, it's the doctor's playing at being a cowboy. But it's like you said, there's no real rules at this point. Is no, there no, no, no rules yeah. about the doctor at this point? No, but that's kind of that's kind of the point. I mean, I mean, nearly brained a guy with a rock in his second episode. So well, I know. think that I was talking recently with Simon Fraser about Seeds of Death, where Troughton effectively creates a lash up and goes around murdering a load of people at the end of that story. And they, they, we kind of came to the conclusion that that sort of morally upright, I won't pick up a gun. That all started with Pertwee when Terence Dix came in. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the not you know the doctor doesn't carry or the doctor doesn't do this. The doctor doesn't do that, which is fine. But it's just maddening when you have all that kind of moralizing and posturing when he patently does. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> I can yeah. think Tom Baker with a massive gun at the end of the Invasion of Time. Colin I mean, Baker. When did he not have a gun on him? Yeah. I mean, Day of the Daleks. I mean, he just you know the third Doctor just casually shoots an Ogron. You know. And all that, but the point is, it's they're in a western, and in a western, that's what you do. I suppose that's kind of you know, they, we're dealing in tropes here. Although it would be fun if he did something like else; it'd be more doctory. But it did, I just it, I just remarked on it because it's it's a it's it's something I wasn't expecting the doctor to kind of hold an entire room at gunpoint so casually and I well. A comedy yeah. of Stephen trying to break him out of prison and gives him the gun through the bars. It's like, right, I need you to get out of yes, here. Yes, yeah. Well, they're going to lynch you. I, I, actually, I made a note around this point, because, uh, again, watching for the first time, I, my note was, this is a comedy. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh, this okay. point. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, this funny stuff has been going on for so long now. Yep, this is definitely, there's no getting around it. This is this is a comedy. Do you know, all these comedies, oh, there's a, there's a couple of comedies in season three, they all twist in that last episode into a massacre <laughs> yes yeah yeah well, that's the darkest sort of comedy you're gonna find well it works though to a degree work, yeah I, I would say that I, I did make a note here it's just me tracking expect wondering where this was going to go or should i felt like it should be going and my note here was dramatically the doctor should pretend at some point to be doc holiday deliberately um, that's the ironic squeeze of the lemon this bit needs. And I don't think it happens. But I, I was thinking, after being mistaken for Doc Holliday, at some point you need to you need to actually weaponize that. But uh, this part kind of, this subplot where Doc Holliday and Kate take Dodo away confuses me a bit. I think I, I, I it was all... By confuse me, I kind of it, it feels like must give the characters something to do somehow. But or Dodo, yeah, or Dog Holiday, both. Just you know, just we need another plot thread. But because we don't need them to do that for Johnny Ringo to join the story, because he comes to this town first doesn't it he? he goes into the bar mm, yeah, yeah afterwards he goes after kate when he finds out they've left town yeah and i kind of think all th this stuff you could be actually having the the, his the historic build-up to the gunfight at the okay corral all all the tensions in the town and the politics behind it you could be you could be using this time giving us a bit of a potted history would be you know 
you'd be educating as well as entertaining. That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But it's still it's still good. It's still Sydney good. Newman would approve. Yes. No, I think this is great. I think it's great that you're sort of giving this uh, a writer's eye. You know. Yeah, I I I, I, honest, I, only, I only do that when. Um. Yeah, not being. I'm kind of possibly when I'm not being given quite enough to entertain me. It's like. Oh. <coughs> Also, I think I'm just, you know, at this point, again, there's lots of... The clans don't get to do much. They just um, they hang around the saloon being gits a, a lot. Well, point. I thought the whole point was they were just useless, and that's why we bring in Johnny Ringo, because they're just not getting it done. Yeah, I, 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 I do look forward to that, because it does inject... We'll get to it in, in, when, he, when he turns up, but it does inject some proper... He's into it, which great, he needs. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He has like an intensity to him that nobody else does. Yeah, this. I mean his his accent's also terrible, <laughs> um, which which again I hate to say it kills and it kills it all for me. But I'm just as an exercise, I'm trying to just ignore it and look and look for what it's it's otherwise going for. But that character feels like there's a sense of danger about him. I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is in, in, that coming from the Clantons? Yes, in in Tombstone. Um, He's played by Michael Bean, who's plays. He's Kyle Reese in uh, the Terminator, and he's he's Corporal Hicks in Aliens, and uh, he and uh, Doc Holliday, who is Val Kilmer, in mm. his finest role. I mean, he makes tuberculosis sexy. Um, <laughs> they they are pitted as you know two sides of the same coin. They both have kind of, they have a Latin quoting uh, face off, and you know they're both portrayed as the fastest and deadliest draws. And uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. But um, to see that, that sounds terrific. It's, it's it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, but uh, this this Doc Holiday is a sinister old man. <laughs> he's not the he's not he's not gorgeous young Val Kilmer. In uh, in the historically accurate terms, was uh, Doc Holiday and Wyatt Earp is it is. They're the friends, aren't they, in this? Yes, yeah. Um, I think in something like 1878 or so, um, Doc Holliday had saved Wyatt Earp's life. So he kind of felt he owed him. And he and he came to Tombstone because um, Wyatt Earp was there. It was, um, it was actually Wyatt Earp's older brother, Virgil, who was the sheriff. And I think then Wyatt Earp got deputised. And then ultimately they deputised Doc Holliday as well. And so he took part in the gunfight quite like how that friendship informs the story obviously the, the whole yeah, thing yeah 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 being uh treated as doc holiday is to protect him and then here the only reason he goes out of town is because he threatens him and says you're gonna be a lot of trouble if you don't you know get out come back when once all this is over it's quite nice yeah and to me, that kind of divergence from historical accuracy is fine you know i i think all all you want from something like this i mean it's not a history lesson just give us give us that give us the headlines really um but i did i did uh in my notes i wrote the plots bogged down for me if the story was being more faithful to events the gunfight at the okay corral should be ticking the ticking clock acting as the driving force behind all this but it's just too casual even though i hit three heroes have been split up and menaced so I just, for me, I just kind of think we don't, there isn't the sense that events are all heading towards this historic 
Which is odd because I don't know how much. Have you heard the soundtrack to the Myth Makers? No. It is literally a ticking clock from the first episode that we are heading up to, you know, the Trojan horse and the fight that is yeah. And every single act of that plot is heading in that direction you know yeah and this is this is the gunfight at the okay corral um it's you know there've been you know there were movie there were, there've been so many films made about it it's a hugely famous event obviously so the fact that the doctor has heard of the clantons but not of the gunfight at the okay corral just doesn't track it should this is one of those stories where it should be i need to get my friends back <sighs> and out of here because Instead, the Doctor's having so much fun, he doesn't seem to care about any of that. And you can't be telling me that, you know, those storybooks he had as a little boy, you know, he had the massacre of St. Bartholomew Eve, but he didn't have the gunfire, the OK Corral. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. But is Stephen too easily duped here as well? Like, oh, no, oh, like I know he's trying to outthink them and get the Doctor out before they get to the jail. I don't know how it's played. I don't know if it's... Maybe, maybe. I, I, I kind of think there's a bit of... in. Then again, you know, I've got, remember I've only watched this the once. It's, you know, if I watched it twice, maybe I'd have. But also, getting past, following the plot past the fucking dreadful accents, I find really tricky. So maybe like four, maybe three watches I'd need. But there is something about the logic, the internal logic of Stephen in this, I couldn't quite follow, and I kind of think of showing the times where he either gives up his accent or uses the accent should be based on whatever he's planning scheming thinks he's up to uh, somehow but the fault that here, here's the thing the fault here could be utterly be with me for not being familiar enough with this because i've only watched it the one. but then again if i watched it on tv on initial broadcast i'd have only watched it the once so you know but um i just kind of think yeah i i lose it a little bit where steven's head's at in this i think it's worth remembering as well that you know this was made at a rate of knots, you know, the scripts were knocked out and oh, very yeah, quickly yeah, yeah. they were they were brought to life. And I don't think there's as much sort of skill and detail. Oh no, yeah, no please please trust me. I am I am very familiar with the need to get out competent scripts faster than you'd like. And that yeah, and absolutely. Um you ever go it, back and go like, oh God, if I just had another month. If I'd not, if I had another two days, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that may or may not happen to me today, in fact. But, oh, uh, <laughs> but, but that's the I way. I heard it yet. All right. That's the way of, <laughs> but that's the way of things. You know, you, um, you know, sometimes the things come out, you're happy with them. Sometimes you wish you could just have one more draft. Sometimes you kind of think, no, the whole thing needs a massive rethink. Um, and I think. I think and uh, it doesn't and it doesn't mean you're right you've just got to fire and forget and go on to the next thing you know doctor who at the time was just a bit of fun ephemera to watch on a saturday night you know like yeah, it's, it's, we've got to examine it now yeah. like it's a really important bit of television i think actually that's, that's a wonderful way of looking at it It was broadcast and then it no longer existed it was you know it, it, yeah. it came out of your it, it came out of the, the silver glow of your television box went into through your eyeballs into your brain and then resided in your memory your memory of it was your vcr then it no longer existed and it, and it was valued by the people who made it to the point where they just chucked it sure anyway, yeah and i don't think anyone could have foreseen at the time that it would be examined in the depth 
than it has been in the intervening years. No, no, no. It's uh, it's one of the things. It wasn't probably wasn't designed to be examined in that kind of depth. However, but that that did not stop the human beings who made it from imbuing it with so much care, love, and attention. Um, and clearly, you know, despite changes that can happen, there is a lot of care that's gone into this. Yeah, yeah. I guess I love the I love the doctor being locked up in a in a sheriff's prison cell. <laughs> I love him calling him Mister Warp. It's such a cheap gag, but I like it anyway. I know, I, him calling him Warp. It's 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 kind of an it's an, it's an Eric Morecambe kind of thing to do, isn't it? You know, in a way. But you know, I lo I love it. I love it because he's got he's got this kind of a pomposity is the wrong word. But he's got he's got a brisk brusque brisk and brusque pomposity to him in a way uh that you know that when he get, when he um seemingly unwittingly kind of gets people's names wrong it's so charming another great over high angle shot you know what For over light Who, yeah that's a lot of extras yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not quite a town's worth of people that you do now but it is enough to fill a set you know well, it's a you know it's a it's a mining town that had hundreds of bars in it. You know, it's I, in this it's portrayed as like you know a little hamlet essentially. But you know, there were a lot of places to go drinking and whoring in in eighteen eighties tombstone. Really, it was huge, vast, yeah. No, oh, not my kind of whoring though, is it? No, no, it was a you know, uh, yeah, the nasty kind. But you know that was that was that was the old west. That was you know you had mine. It was a mining town. It's like in Deadwood. It's a mining town. There it's gold. I think it was sil um, the mines in Tombstone were silver mines, if I recall. But you know you had you had workers, and there you know there were different ways to make money off the workers. You know booze, whores, and uh, okay, selling I'm tools. I'm gonna ask you a question about the old west now, which is you know even I study it, I can't believe I'm gonna ask you this question, but um. I just can't foresee a society where there's this much gunplay, like working. Like, was this the norm that people just shot people, and was this every day, or is this something that's been? Totally... No, it's something. It's something you go, you know, you, you go out of your way to. It happened, like the gunfight at the OK Corral. But you know, it, if it happened every day, you wouldn't remember the gunfight the at the OK Corral. To suggest, you know, everyone's firing guns all the time. Everyone's drawing and. Because That's because they're stories because they're stories and you need you need those moments of crisis. I mean, you like I said, you weren't allowed to carry weapons in Tombstone. You had to hand them in, you know, then pick them up at the. A, a bit less of an exciting story, though, wouldn't it? Well, no, because people carry them anyway. You know, that was the, that. Those are the rules. So you know, but people can. And that was the whole point. You know, the Clattons. You know, they were part of this gang called the Cowboys, and uh, yeah, so they they carry them anyway. They didn't pay attention. You know. It's interesting. There are characters in, who aren't included in this who were kind of faces in Deadwood. It was like Curly Joe, I think, who in the in in Tombstone he's played by Powers Booth, but uh, yeah, they were they were rough. They were they were they were bandits, you know. But the, um, the, the think they were omitted for a reason. It's cast size, really. You know, it's you know you don't need that. You don't need that many people. You know. You got you've got Doc Holliday, you've got Johnny Ringo on, but one on, you got one on, you know, Johnny Ringo is enough to kind of embody them all. It's suddenly having here having um, 
having Stephen in danger of being lynched it's is brilliant. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's I, what the first cliffhanger didn't have, isn't it? Yeah, and I kind of think yeah. just that, that extra bit of danger in the first cliffhanger would have been great, but here this this really works. Beside all the comedy and and the and the music at odds with you know jauntily at odds with the the, the grubby nasty peril but is, is it oh, this, i would say yeah 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 next up to johnny ringer i would say this cliffhanger's muffled a bit my i have a problem with this cliffhanger is purely we don't get to see steven there's not a reaction stop shot for steven yeah well it's what you said about the first one as well just ending on the piano with them singing there we're not really on the doctor oh yeah but this this cliffhanger would work if we had if we could see Stephen's reaction to it, because Stephen is the one in direct danger. The Doctor is merely worried about Stephen, but Stephen is the one with the actual noose around his neck. Robin so, yeah. But I kind of think, we, yeah, I kind of think, I can, I can imagine, eight, eight, you know, the older 80s type fan, I kind of think, if this one, if this had just a little, if this one had more teeth to it, they might have, they might have liked it a bit more. But I just think, a bit more danger in the opening cliffhanger, and just a little bit more danger here, just by showing Stephen. And because we, we get to see Stephen in the reprise, I think they'd have been better disposed to the songs. Honestly. Oh, maybe. maybe. Well, you got to remember, they were, if it's the 80s fan you're talking about, they're used to watching, you know, the Eric's Award stories full of violence and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, joke in there. Yeah, but also, I, I just kind of think if, if, the, if the songs had been... If the cheerful, jaunty song had been juxtaposed with a little more scary threat and violence, it, the point of the songs would have been more pronounced, I think. But I also genuinely think there was a bit of an allergic reaction to fun and silliness and comedy during that. Yeah, period. yeah, exactly. And yeah. so people were looking back at the Graham Williams stuff and saying, well, what was embarrassment? And looking back at the Romans and the gunfighters and saying, oh, good grief, can you believe they ever did that? You know, well, weirdly enough, I think all of that stuff is celebrated far more now. Well, you know, the pendulum has certainly swung the other way. I mean, the Graham Williams era is rightly loved and and, and stuff like the gunfighters has been uh, more than exonerated. Um, I was just kind of leery for myself going in, not wanting to kind of be too contrarian to the kind of the more positive look of it too i so you know fortunately like i said you know there are people who love it people who hate it and people who are kind of you know cheerfully indifferent but you know it's good it's it's good stuff you know i think i think on the terms of um 25 minutes of like fun television and i don't think there's anything wrong with that at all to, Hell no. yeah, purely yeah. to just entertain somebody this is a this is gold. It's an absolute winner. Yeah. I'm going to throw a couple more questions. Oh, yeah. Cool. Cool. Two. Our dear friend Simon Hart asks. Oh, hello. Should oh, stories have had a narrative song? Should more stories have had a narrative song? My kind of quick fire answer would be no, but then I'd have to think, well, which, what, what which would have benefited? Well, there's one obvious answer to that, you know, but it's got to it's got to be an opera, and that's the horns of Nymon. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We did say there should be a musical version of Sharda, but but that's proper that's proper show tunes. 
It's out you know, there somewhere. Yeah, but I think maybe maybe something like um, the Time Warrior would have benefited from like a Hey Nonny Nonny Will Scarlet kind mm. of guy just sit sitting in a tree or on the back well, of just playing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okie dokie. Jason Thompson states another one where fa receive fan wisdom of the 80s and 90s before anyone could easily watch it and form their own views treated it so badly it's in the same vein as the myth makers with comedy preceding a really grim ending also oh, it's just a statement rather than a <laughs> question well, oh yeah but let's let's interrogate that um oh well i agree i said that to you yeah. didn't i that oh yeah, yeah i think no i think i think that i think that's right um I kind of think it just, you know, it would have, um, so far, what we've watched so far would, would benefit from just a little more threat here and there. Um, but I love the songs. They should, they belong there. But thematically, it should be about the myth of the Old West versus the reality. Because we've got the companions going in already for the myth. Mm. And they get their illusions very quickly shattered. So that's all good. Um, I think you know, maybe there would, might have been ways to push that a bit more, but, uh, but who knows, you know. Dylan Reese asks, there's three words, this question, Dodo or Susan? Why not both? <laughs> you dirty bitch. Dodo or Susan? She's 15 um, years old, you know. No, um, I mean, I... I no, um, I prefer Dodo personally. I just I like her enthusiasm. Yeah, um, it's asking which. Dude, is I, I'd, yeah, no, I'd say, I'd say Susan has got more potential inherent in the fact that she's the daughter's, the doctor's granddaughter, the daughter's granddaughter. Yeah, untapped, and that's really annoying. Yeah, and I'd like to tap that. Potential. <laughs> oh, no. Saved. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. You're rubbing off on me. You need to stop. Right? Okay. John Ben Stalia asks, oh, good grief. Everyone's obsessed with the song. Would the ballad of the Last Chance Saloon make it to the charts if released as a record CD download, whatever it is they release music on these days? Oh, you know the answer's no. Why ask the question? <laughs> um, okay, Chris Hogburn asked. Oh, hello, Chris Hogburn. Oh, he's lovely. He's such a oh, he was there at the pub that day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We chat, yeah. Um, my question to you both is, who does the better American accent out of the two... Out of the two of you? Oh, out of the two of us. And who can keep it up the longest while you're watching the gunfires? What, with the accent? Or... <laughs> The accent, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's happened to you? <laughs> oh, I'm blushing. <laughs> I can't really do an American accent. Oh, it's one of the I Sometimes I can, but not this evening, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to, I was going to entertain you with my, my Val Kilmer Doc Holiday, but it's just, yeah, I, I can, I can already tell it's not going to happen somehow, but yeah. We'll say that for the bedroom. Uh, Rod, who asks, do you think this would have worked for audiences at the time of broadcast? Or is the more recent love of this story a result of hindsight and retrospect? Absolutely is. I think, didn't it? Did, what, I don't know. I, 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 watch it. 
This had the lowest audience appreciation uh, score of any Hartnell story. And okay. they did have letters and things at the time. I think this is this is that period where they were considering dropping the historicals because interest just drops. Yeah. Well, that is that is the interest of the viewing public though, right? Yes. Yeah, as opposed to what he's talking about now, because the the general viewing public couldn't give two dingoes kidneys about the gunfighters now. <laughs> um, we're sure. talking we're talking about we're talking about the it's it's a question that is kind of it's asking about the opinion of the general viewing public of the time versus fan opinion now nearly 60 years later there's two different, they're different two, audiences. They're, they're two different beasts that's yeah. the thing i mean um, there's still a few knocking about that were around then oh yeah yeah granted but i yeah it's i think i suppose the best way to answer that is look, look it's just it's just good it's bloody it's bloody good and it, it it's it's been much maligned um I think maybe praise for it could become too fulsome because there are things dramatically wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, but they're very, they're my, to me, I think they're minor quibbles. I, I, think, I think my praise is a bit too fulsome, but I just have such a rollicking time with it. Yeah, yeah. Can't answer much yeah. more, that, you know? Here's the thing. Um, I have the same problem with this as I have with a film that came out the year before this, Carry On Cowboy. It's, you know... It's an it's an English western with British actors for the most part playing cowboys, you know. Um, but at some point you just gotta go. Oh, fine, I surrender. You know, it either it either cannot work for you, and some days that could be me. But I'm I'm really doing my darndest to try and. I mean, it's a good thing we're we're actually for the purposes of this commentary we're watching it with the sound off, which actually helps. <laughs> <laughs> sound off and subtitles and actually yeah it works you can just so, look at the visuals there now. yeah 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 um so yeah me getting over the accents and and allowing me to see everything else beyond those is my personal big hurdle but once i've done that and i'm kind of that's the spirit in which i'm engaging with this this evening um it's good it's good it's funny it's fresh it's not what you'd think doctor who would do but why the hell wouldn't doctor who do this because you can do anything in doctor who but, you know the whole idea of old oh, doctor who is this and that is these are these are ideas we've had since our ideas of doctor who became more rigid and curdled you gotta remember in the last story we were playing party games with you know billy bunter in a surreal <laughs> nightmare in the next story we're gonna have a, a po-faced morality play in the planet of the savages yeah and, and i think Do doctor who story to story should be absolutely fucking batshit you know if, if as much as possible you know so yeah so yeah it's good it's very very good kind of the conclusion we're drawing here well there are more questions but i'll save them for episode three shall we do it no i mean huggleberry 